Screening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me as always is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. <laughs> Hello. And uh, yeah, this week we are doing nonstop, and Shane wants to know what I think of it. <laughs> as the music is concluding, I just am like, did you like this movie? I thought that was uh, kind of an interesting way to open the show. Yeah. So tell me. Okay, quick, well, before <laughs> we're on the air, tell me. This is the this is the morning edition. So yeah, we're, we're mixing is. this up. We're going right up against Meet the Press today. Exactly. That's why we don't care. And uh, you know what, what's funny? Uh, speaking of the shows on early, so the show had to be on early uh, today for you know lots of various reasons and uh, scheduling conflicts. And you know we're we're, we're far too busy and popular to worry about <laughs> when this show starts, right? <laughs> right. And uh, we had to move it around. And last week we had to move it around, and yeah. it's. Um, <laughs> It, it may for a while be on a slightly different time, more like last week usually than yeah. like this week. But I thought it was it was kind of amazing. I know you actually know a few people who yeah. who listen to the show yeah, and say, "What the heck is this time?" Yeah. You know? But we actually got a lot of emails. Oh yeah. And here's the fun, uh, here's the funniest part of that for me is uh, comparatively speaking, right? The live listeners versus all of the awesome listeners who subscribe on iTunes yep. and uh, Download. listen other ways, listen on Blog Talk Radio, but after it's live, whatever. Yep. Uh, you know, way, way more listeners that don't listen to it live. Right, right. Um, the live listeners are kind of, uh, I guess, the super fans or who knows. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but we got a lot of emails from people saying, what's up with the change in the time of the show? <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of funny because, you know, a year ago, the show would be on a different time every week. Every week, the show would yeah. be on a different day. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of the time, right? Yeah. And no one cared. And right. now, all of a sudden, hey, what do Look, you think? Look, we're, we're like, a scheduled wow, event really? for people now. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Which is great. my That's... response is, you know, if you want to subscribe to iTunes right. and leave reviews on iTunes Good way to do and... That. Let uh, all your friends know and have them review us on iTunes, and yeah. uh, and then right. this might become more, right. more higher well, priority to yeah. have it at the same time. We 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 do certainly understand that if we're on at a regular time, then you get regular listeners, and right. we're not trying to monkey or rock the boat, you know, with any event. Um, but like you said, I knew people last week that tuned in, and we were done with the show when they were tuning in, right? And I got and texts, they're and they're like, "Hey, what the hell is this?" <laughs> right. Early show, you know, so I told those people this week we were going to be really early. Right. You know, we were going to be your brunch special. And they said, forget it. So they, they're, they're hopefully listening now. But things happen. Things, right. things come up. Schedules are a little bit shifty. We try to do most of the time, like you said, Sunday, two or three. Right. Every once in a while, it's a four. But we like to throw in the Thursday night, you know. Exactly. I just thought it was so strange and awesome. It is awesome. That, it's really uh, cool. Of the comparatively small number of people for whom it matters at all. Right. They actually it matters a lot. wrote in like and they said, enjoy it. Yeah. Hey, come on. <laughs> That's not that cool. they're 
Not that they're calling in and tying wow. up the phone lines anyway. Some of them are nervous. That's they okay. want it. They want to hear it live. Damn it! And right. So uh, more notice. So I'll tell you this though: um, if you are, you know, wondering about the show and everything, you know, if you follow us on Facebook or follow, are you screening on Facebook or yeah. whatever? Whenever I make the show, it automatically right. makes an event in Facebook or and it posts a little thing on Facebook, so you would be able to know, right? right. You, would, right. you would get that you little should. notice. Anyway, um, but really, you should be uh, reviewing us on iTunes anyway and subscribing on iTunes. And uh, it was kind of cool. I went to iTunes the other day, and it had been a while since I had been there. And just yeah. to see the, like, popularity of shows. Yeah, that is, I look at that. Some shows have <laughs> actual – Yeah, a lot of the shows are nothing. Yeah, they're all, they're all great. And then some so, are dark. It's so weird because it's uh, – you know, I don't even know if people know this, but it's a bizarre algorithm that leads to that popularity, right? Mm-hmm. And just because it's something, even like a song on an album right. or whatever it is, or an episode of a podcast, if it if it has nothing there and it basically is trying to tell you that it's non-popular, <laughs> right. that could still have thousands of downloads. It, it, yeah, it doesn't mean right. That, yeah. and, and the only thing that it compares is that you had this other show that has 50,000 downloads. Right. And now all of a sudden, all your other shows have none, none popularity, right. and it's it's all been and, weird. And it's I looked at look, it and I was kind of depressed at anybody, first because I said, "Look at all these shows that <laughs> have none." I looked at it. Uh, I was downloading a bunch of stuff for the phone, and I looked, and it said we'd done not counting today. Today's our ninety sixth show, but I'm looking at it. I'm like ninety five shows. That doesn't seem possible. And then I'm looking and I'm seeing the ratings for some of them, and they're not what I would have expected us to get ratings right, for. So right. it's it is a strange algorithm, but anybody can see it if you right, just go right. and you see like the weird shows and start with one of the popular ones if you like. Exactly. I, I I yeah I would like to go back and try to figure out why we were such a hit, but yeah, and there doesn't because it's to weird be any rhyme it's, or reason yeah. to it. It's like there are some where we would do the show and we go, well, this is not a very popular movie, and so <laughs> right. it's not gonna not, not it's gonna be not a great gonna, show. It's not gonna do great, but it's what's out this week or right. something, and then boom, it's that's the it's one that the takes off, one. which we don't understand. Hey, we got, uh, I, I'm looking, we got clips. That's pretty cool. We, do, like. we do have some interview clips, yeah. and uh, they're not actually terribly interesting. One of them is, uh, <laughs> well, they're, right. just, they're just not. What can you do? Yeah. Um, th- because they're, they're not interesting because they're just the people uh, hyping the movie, yeah, sure. as opposed to... Uh, really like laying into him with some questions about right. why would you do this stupid movie or yeah. <laughs> even if it's not a stupid movie, but at least Neeson would have to react to that, right? But anyway, uh, we have one that's just Liam Neeson and we'll play these a little later. Yeah. And then we have one that's uh, from a, a junket that is uh, Neeson and Moore Julian together. And, stuff, yeah. and this is like all the more reason that I wish we had the video of this show. <laughs> yeah. and we could, we could uh, amp up to the the vlog version of, right. of doing the show because uh, I have the video of it and, oh, and, cool. and they're sitting in the chairs yep. of, of the right. plane and the whole thing. And, and it's kind of cool to like watch them, especially because uh, uh, Liam Neeson gets a little goofy Does he? in yeah. the one and it cracks Julianne more up That's and funny. that'd be more interesting to show than to just listen to. But anyway, right. Um, right. so we got nonstop this week and also we got a lot of questions and um, we got a couple questions specifically related to an article that I wrote on yeah. Are You Screening about the Oscars and how to try and figure out uh, which way to lean in your predictions or something. So I talked, um, I talked a lot in this article about 
really figuring out all the stuff to try and look at if you're trying to if you're trying to really have a prediction and you really want to know. And right. this this is a tight year in a lot of things. In a in some things this is uh, some things are total slam dunks. Right. And some things well, are some things are really tight. Yeah. Um, and, and it's surprising. And Best Picture is actually a lot more of a horse race than it is in a lot of years. So, uh, I, I'm uh, not to interject real you know, interesting things, but I'm in a couple Oscar pools, and the one that I really, the one that cost me the most is the one I put the most effort into. Right. That's basically it. And I think I made the best bets in that. I think it's actually going to be the kind of year, I'm not going on a full record yet, but I think it's going to be the kind of year where they're going to be kind of torn about things. Because you have to really understand, it's not about like the box office receipts, it's kind of about the mentality of the people that vote for the Oscars. And this is right. a huge thing that I'm sure you're, you've right. already written about. But I think, I think 12 Years a Slave is likely to get Best Picture, but not Director. I think they'll honor Koran with Gravity. I think they're going right. to split it like that. Right. And... Then the chips kind of fall that way, and that's and that's not and a, I think, uh, that's not a uh, I guess that's not the most likely thing to happen in a year. Right, they go together a lot. They almost always go together. Yeah. Maybe the actor doesn't or the actress, and then if you get a film that just sweeps things, right. you know, then you know it's that year. But um, but a lot of the times, it's uh, if that's the best picture, then that's going to be. It's the best almost director. always the best director, yeah. I and mean, you think it would go that way. So <clears throat> largely because, as I have said before, because people don't know how to vote for best director, right? And they don't know if you have if you have five movies together, and you have to consider too who's voting, and right. it's everyone in the academy. Uh, yeah, and that's that's where a lot of things can go goofy, and. I think part of the thing, too, is that when you have the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. you know who those people are and they're voting. And right. when you have, like, the Critics' Choice Awards, you know you know that those are a bunch of critics, right? right. And then if you branch out even further, um, as, as, like, I talked about in this article, you yeah. get, like, you know, the SAG Awards or the Directors Guild Awards or, right. you know, all down the list of these. And then even you get a bunch of other things that are – Getting to be pretty popular, but like the New York uh, Film Critics Circle, and you get like, uh, you know, then you get like the AFI right. throws in there two cents about what's the thing. Right. But then you get the Oscars, and it's just everybody yeah. that's in the Academy. Yeah. And that can go really weird. Yeah. And then when you when you do that, when you've got enough people, even if they're in the industry, but, you know... And, you know, not to say anything disparaging about any particular group of people, right? right? But, you know, when you have, like, the hairstylists voting for the best picture, right? Th- th- at some point it's almost like just having the general public vote. It's right. just – when it's just everybody, anything could happen, right? right? And then it becomes a lot more like when – when you're trying to pay attention to the buzz a movie has or something, right? right? <clears throat> then that has a lot more to do with where the Oscars are going to go than, say, where the Critics' Choice Awards are going right. to go. Because right. the Critics' Choice, theoretically, they're, they're going to... Supposedly, they're going to call it... They're not necessarily going to be swayed. And, like, right. you know, this year is particularly weird because <laughs> you've got 12 Years a Slave, American Hustle, and even her... Although, uh, you know, her is not going to win this Best Picture, but her has right. won Best Picture of a lot of things. Right, right. Uh, you've, got, you've got those movies, 
and you've also got uh, gravity mm-hmm. uh, mixed in there somewhere. Yeah. And then you've got who's won a bunch of stuff already. Yeah. But then you've also got things that will throw you for a loop when you're trying to figure out the Oscars. Like Gravity, at one point, there was kind of like a backlash. Like when when Gravity first came out, everyone loved it and thought it was the greatest thing ever. Then for a while, there was like kind of a bit of a backlash where some people were kind of going – what's so great about this movie? And is this really the greatest movie? Because really anything gets popular enough. It's it's going to get a bunch of backlash, right? Right. And now it's like right going into the Oscar voting, there's almost like a backlash to the backlash for gravity. And now gravity is on front runner again is a thing that everybody loves again. Yeah. And no matter what movie you think, this is the one that's going to win. You've got 12 years of slave American hustle and gravity and they're just all splitting so much of the vote yeah. that any of those could win, and you wouldn't be that surprised, right? right? You right. wouldn't go, wait, what? Yeah, I, I got mean, robbed, or yeah. So it's even if even if we want to say at this point, Twelve Years a Slave is probably the thing to bet on. Yeah, you, I think anyway. it's still really, it's I still, think, a horse right. race because of the. Sp- the splitting voting and the way things are going, like, you know, if Nebraska pulls it out, right. you're going to go, whoa, right. like that would totally be a surprise. But right. any of those three movies, you would not be that surprised. It's too close. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's not too close to think pretty legitimately that 12 years is going to get it, but right. it's too close to actually be surprised if either of the others did to, I, to really yeah. go, that's out that's of left field. Right. right. I mean, it's, it's that close. And uh, there are other things where, you know, like uh, Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. is, uh, in most people's mind, as about as slam dunk as it could get because he's won everything else already. Right. <clears throat> but even still, he's not quite that much of a slam dunk. And there are, there are other pretty legitimate cases to be made for other people in it. It's just that that movie is so tied to being like, you know, about AIDS and feel goody and everybody wants to vote for it and everything. Right. But even that I think is not as much of a slam dunk as uh Kate Blanchett is a slam dunk right. because I don't think she's up against people who are going to get voted for. Yeah. Uh, I, I she's not really in as much of a competition as right. As he is. He's actually at least got a serious competition going on there. And then when you get to things like supporting actor, supporting actress, even when people have won other things, it's still, you know, some people have won some things, some people have won other things. You you don't know exactly where it's going to go. But Best Picture this year is very weird. It's a very unusual race. You know, a a few years ago, there were a couple of years in a row, two or three years in a row, where it was like, that's just this. Right. You I mean, know, it, it, right. It's, there's, yeah. there's no race. Right. There's, yeah. there's, no, <laughs> right. there's no competition. If anything else won, you would be really surprised. Right, right. And now, I mean, going into this, it's... Well, there were times... I, I would not be at all surprised for American Hustle to pull this out. Yeah. Because uh, American Hustle... 
you know, has won the, uh, the award for, thing, yeah. uh, for a ton of things. Yeah. Plus, uh, everybody loves all the actors and, and uh, you know, the, the actors and actresses have been winning all sorts of things. Right. And the screenplay has been winning all sorts of things. And once a movie wins enough things, then, then, it then it's sort of like director, right? right? Then it's sort of like everyone goes... Well, if I think this movie has all the best parts, right. how can it not be right. the best right. movie? Right. And so people will vote for it that way. So it's going to get yeah. that amount of push. It's always tricky doing stuff like when the SAG Awards come out. Like I can pretty much nail those because you know that it's the actors doing it. You know, you're right, not you're not dealing with dolly grips and that, that's why FX you have to, guys. That's why you have to really pay attention to right. who's doing what because you can get a better feel for who the other actors yeah. are going to vote for. Yeah. Right. It, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting, especially when you also know it, it's a little criminal, and I don't mean like in the visceral way, but it's almost like because the Olympics have just happened. Maybe that's a good analogy. It's almost like if somebody competed in the Olympics and the judges didn't watch what they did, they just were like, "Where are you from? Right, New Zealand. Right. I, I like America better than New Zealand. I had a right. better burger there. We're gonna give it to America. Like right. people in the Academy vote without seeing all the films." Like and and to be it's, honest, it's unless like, you're, I, it's like I was actually saying this about yeah. the Olympics when it was the right. uh, when it was the weird thing that there was the voting <laughs> and there was that Czechoslovakian judge man right who seemed to be voting at random just whatever it yeah. did not match up with other yeah. people and you know that's what he's doing well he's it's like, just it's tricky because you you know unless you're a movie critic or unless you are a real movie file unless you love film and you can see all the films that are out these people are working you know on films and they don't. Their jobs aren't more important than anyone else's, but they just have long hours and they don't have the ability to see all these films. So if they see Tom Hanks is up for another film, hey, I worked with Tom once. I really liked him. Plus, right. he put and, my and kid. Everybody. He got my Tom kid an autograph Hanks. when he was right. when he was Forrest Gump. So you know what? I like Captain Phillips. That's that's right. my vote. And that's how it goes sometimes. Right. So you really have to hedge your bets. Like in a lot of ways, it's almost like betting on a sporting event. Like you really have to take in the weird randomness right. of the event. So. It, it'll be interesting. Which is which is another thing that uh, you know somebody mentioned from that article because I put in there uh, some online betting place. Yeah. Because they've got the odds. Do they? That's funny. I want to see that. Because um, you know those are actually really good places to look. Now mm -hmm. sometimes they seem way off to me. Right? Yeah. And in certain ways, they're way off to me, right? And, yeah. And, and specific things, like one of them was her was like 90 to 1 to win Best Picture. And I am thinking no, that. that's a bet you would have to take all day right. long right. because you're getting the right money on it. <laughs> right. right. No and it matter, has it, yeah, it's got it shut. So. No matter what happens, right. you know, however much you don't think it's going to win, right. you still have to bet the payoff on it, right? Is, yeah, the payoff is astronomical. <laughs> and, uh, but, but anyway, but for other things, but for the, the good bets, right, and the order that they put things in, Yeah, I mean, these are, these are people who are actually going to take bets. Yeah. So they're doing some research yeah, yeah. on why they think right. that that is what's going to win. They're right. not making that up out of nowhere. So those are pretty interesting places to, to look, actually, even though yeah. it might seem strange. Right. If you find some Vegas place who will actually take your money, yeah. then they have done 
all the other research that you would do anyway, <laughs> right. and they have a reason for thinking that's the way it's going to go. And it's funny, actually, like to watch. You, you know, when you get too into movies, then different things are interesting, right? Than right. what the normal person <laughs> right. would think. But what is kind of interesting about those is to like watch the line change. Yeah, right. Like, like oh the, man, someone like just a week, dropped a lot like of a money week on later, her. Yeah. <laughs> a week later, all of a sudden, oh, that moved up a little bit. That's got <laughs> better odds. I love Vegas. I love that they'll bet on anything. Oh, I know. Anyway. So anyway. Anyway, right. so uh, we didn't we didn't specifically have uh, a lot of questions related to the Oscars, but there were a couple of people who wanted us to like last minute weigh in on what we thought was going to happen. And I think yeah. actually, for the most part, most of my predictions are kind of the same. Yeah. I think that it's going to be ugly for me anyway, with gravity winning even more stuff, because there does seem to be this resurgence of love for it right. over the last, like maybe three weeks or something. Yeah. Where, where ev- all of a sudden everybody <laughs> loves it again. Where, all... There was a while there where people were not loving it so much and people were kind of, you know, you got a few things floating around where people were kind of going, maybe the emperor has no clothes right. or whatever, right? All your best and efforts now, to sabotage. And now all of a sudden, no. Now all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. it's like people are in love with it again. If Gravity wins Best Picture, though, yeah. you know, the the funny thing about Oscar time, too, if you're uh, up on the Internet and watching what people are writing about movies is that the closer you get to Oscars every year, the more you get all this stuff like, the worst movies that ever won an Oscar or, you know, the worst movies that won Best Picture or the times the Academy got it wrong or, you know, here's uh, here's the person who won Best Actor this year. And, or uh, and, and somebody had, I can't remember who it was, I think it might have been IGN. Um, well, it was somebody had this, like, bracketed viewer voting yeah. Best movie of all time competition, right? So right. it was like it was like the field of sixty four and then that you had the individual which of these is better. Yeah. And then it all came down to Forrest Gump versus The Godfather and right. Forrest Gump won. Yeah. So Forrest Gump is the best movie ever, really. Right. I mean it's right. just flat out. It's as good as it gets. Um and, you know, and it's funny too when you uh see all these things and you have to try and think back, you know, did I love that movie that year? Like, is that the, is that the movie out of, did I like that other movie the whole time? And, right. and I was, do I remember being mad that that movie won or whatever? Yeah. But man, if gravity wins this year, I'm telling you, it'll in, be a silent in ten, show in 10 years. <laughs> That will be, you know, in five years or 10 years or whatever, when people are writing these things, that will be like the worst That'll be the flub. You're, of you're the basically Oscars you're, you're, call, you're calling Gravity the Milli Vanilli of the music industry because the Milli Vanilli won best like best new artist. I I am calling Gravity actually whether it wins or not, no matter yeah. what happens, <laughs> no matter what happens as far as the Oscars, I'm calling Gravity the Spice Girls of the movie world. Okay, because in five years you will not get anyone to admit that they love that movie. It's like Titanic, you know? Everybody loved Titanic. It's saw Titanic. it like 10 times, right? That, but yeah. And, you know, 10 years later, you go, so you love Titanic, right? And everyone goes, um, no, what are you talking about? I never yeah, said I, I, I never said I love Titanic. I still stand by Titanic. Oh, I got your God. back, Cameron. Good luck with that. All right, anyway, let's get to, let's anyway, get to this uh, one. 
Uh, yeah, nonstop. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will be really interested to see how certain things play out. I expect I, to I text and that. get texts from you yeah, left I, and right. I expect to not be too surprised by anything, though. Which I think that, you're going to be surprised with Kate Blanchett. That is the way. Do you? Who's going to win? I think I'm she's not. Won every, it's not she's what won I want. Everything it's already. not what I want to win. I think Meryl Streep's going to make you sick. I think this is going to be no. the year that the Oscars nauseate you. I don't think August so, Osage County's going to win. Oh yeah, not for best picture, <laughs> but for but for for the acting stuff that it's up for. No, Julia Roberts so. is going to take stuff. Gravity, There's Sandra no Bullock. You're going to be so mad. There's no way you may never watch the Oscars. That's uh, true. Yeah, wait for the article I write tomorrow after <laughs> all that yeah. happens. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, you know, there are. Another thing that you have to, since I mentioned Titanic and people are asking about how Oscar voting is crazy and stuff, you know, when Titanic won, and this is not something that has come up very much actually since Titanic, right? Yeah. But when Titanic won Best Picture, then a couple days later, the thing that everyone was talking about was not good job Titanic. The thing that it was talking about was uh, this is the percentage of people that can possibly vote for best picture in the Academy mm-hmm. that were paid by Titanic in on one Titanic. way or another. Right. They, that was a huge umbrella. And it was a crazy percentage. Yeah. <laughs> and if you ever watched the it credits. Just, it just was like, can James Cameron just buy right. best picture? Yeah. Because if you just pay – Right. You know, I think it it was like a sick number too. It was like a third. Yeah. <laughs> it mean, was it, it was I remember huge. I remember there was another article that had come out on something like Movie Line that was basically saying like when you can say you've worked on an Oscar winning picture, your job gets a little different. Right. You don't have to be the director or actor or screenwriter. You can so be you're somebody. gonna vote for the movie. So you, you, you have a self, you know, you have a self interest in this. And he was our, the, the, I think it was a he. That's really stupid. It might have been a she. But the writer was basically saying that it changed Tinseltown overnight because then working on an Oscar film no longer meant anything. Everybody did it. Right. Because if you just happened to know somebody whose cousin was working on the set of Titanic, you got in. Right. So yeah. Anyway, it was an interesting moment. Anyway, um, you know, I think as far as Meryl Streep goes, I I think <laughs> I just threw that out there to get I know. you. Not like I know. I think that uh, when it all comes down to it, first of all, I think Kate Blanchett has it wrapped up just from winning everything else. But right. even if you look at what crazy things the Oscars might do, I think in that particular case, you're going to get a lot of votes just based on Meryl Streep has it too much already. You know, Meryl Streep has, like, the opposite at this point of, you know, every once in a while someone wins just because they've never won before. Like a Julia Roberts. Just because they've, yeah. they've been around so long. Yeah. When you sit down with your Oscar ballot and it says, has never won before, and you go, really? Yeah. They've never won I've before? Seen, let's give them uh, that. Yeah, let's vote for them. Yeah. Anyway. All right, nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. We we have a visitor. We have a, a random visitor. Yeah. Um, What'd you think? Well, this is a really weird movie for me because I'm. <laughs> you, I'll do. You're this. gonna have to take I'll, it. For I'll a take minute. the reins for a few minutes here. Uh, the random visitor seems to be looking for some parent. Um, 
although I don't know what you were just saying. The, the minutiae of stuff is that we went to see it last night. No, we went to see it Friday night. And, uh, oh, God, we really did go see this yesterday afternoon. So many movies, so little time. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually predict, because this is really funny, that Mark is going to – oh, wait. No, I guess I won't do that. He's coming back. Um, yeah, okay, now he's gone. I'm actually going to predict that Mark is going to turn a bit on this one because, oh, yeah, now he is coming back. See, I'm having a conversation with the audience about my prediction about how you'll feel thinking that I've got you out of the room long I, enough. I and, have to listen to that. That's probably going to be a good conversation. Yeah, okay. So anyway, uh, I, you got interrupted. What I was going to say is uh, this is almost a movie that... I was going to have so much fun with that, that prediction. I, that I kind of feel like... I almost need to like recuse myself from this one because this is just kind of not my movie mm-hmm. to such an extent that I'm not sure that I can fairly judge it. Well, see, you know? I was just about to say uh, while you were dealing with the, the distraction, I was about to say this is going to be a really fun movie to watch Mark's form of grading a film turn on itself because this film in accordance with how you look at films, this film is trying to do something. And I think there's an argument there that it does what it wants to do very well. Right. And I think that there's an argument there that what it wants to do very well and and is succeeding in doing so is like enough to make this really high on your, on that scale. But I don't know that this film is necessarily worth rating very high. Right. So I think this is going to be one of those things. It's all very complicated. I was going to make, when you, when you walked out of the room for a sec, I was basically just saying like, this is going to be an interesting one for Mark. I'm going to say he's going to grade it mid, but he's going to have to argue that it's better than it is because of his own criteria. (laughs) I had this really fun thing. And then you ruined my, you ruined my little secret whisper with the audience because you came back. You could have just got, I had a left first. uh, That'll be the new thing. That'll be the new thing. We come in one at a time and guess what the other is going to do. That'd be cool. So, okay. You're giving it. So, um, my rating, which uh, ultimately, just for exactly the reasons you said, is very complicated. I give this uh, like a seven. See, I thought, and, and this the, is where I thought, I the, thought you'd give it a seven and a half or so. The reason that it's only seven is that the ending for me was crap. Uh, yeah. The, the reveal and the bad guy and the whodunit and all that, I hated all yeah. that. Yeah. And it almost felt like – so for me, this movie, and the reason that I said I almost feel like I have to accuse myself, a lot of this movie and everything that was good about this movie for me was – this was really like, in a lot of ways, a throwback to like movies from the 40s, mm-hmm. which are awesome. And <laughs> I mean – Which Mark loves. Many of them. But they're they're not really my movies, yeah. but I appreciate them a lot. And and this is it's all about like the suspense and uh, you know not knowing who anyone could be. You know, it's mm-hmm. like Strangers on a Train, yeah. kind of a movie. Yeah. And we've just put it on, <laughs> put it in the air or whatever. Yeah. And and it's got a decent amount of suspense, and we. We spin things around so that Liam Neeson is, like, thrown to the wolves, which is kind of a new twist on the whole idea where all of a sudden it becomes the person who's supposed to be finding out everything looks like the bad guy or is made to look like the bad guy. And that's a whole new set of stuff you have to deal with. And I thought it was doing all that stuff. Really pretty well. Maybe not perfectly, but it it was good. And... For most of the movie, I was sitting there going, 
I, I don't know. I kind of like this. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the movie that, um, even if I knew everything about this movie and knew exactly how much I was going to like it, it's still not a movie that for me I would go, oh, I have to watch that, right, and that right. will be awesome. But it was still doing stuff really well, and then the end, I hated. Yeah. I, I thought the end was like, so it's almost felt like somebody made the first three quarters of this movie and then said, you know, the whole tension bit is really my job. So you take over and, <laughs> and yeah. wrap it up and come up with an ending and, yeah. and make it all work yeah. together. And ultimately, I thought, we get this whole thing with the bad guy and his reasons. Now, the one thing that I did kind of like about the end and, you know, without uh, trying to not give stuff away, and yet it has, you have to give at stuff some away. Point, well, at some point, we're going to have to say spoiler because um, to talk about it, we're going to have to give well, it away. Well, even this is a little bit spoilery, but I can try and mention this part without being too spoilery, but... Uh, in the end, you have uh, a couple of people, <laughs> right? And the bad guy's own internal problems, I thought, was interesting. Yeah. I, I thought that was like a, a cool twist to put on it. But, I mean, it's not really spoilery to say that there's bad guy, right? <laughs> right. But um, when we get to the part where the bad guy is relaying all his information right. about doing his why James he's Bond a bad villain. guy right. and all that. This is my plan, Mr. Bond. I thought that sucked. I thought <laughs> that was completely boring and I didn't care and it was, you know, sort of like nonsensical and it almost to me and this is like very, you know, <laughs> this is this is a very weird like conspiracy theorist oh, no. viewpoint, right? Yeah. But it almost felt like the government said, okay, you can make this movie about security on airplanes. Getting into the government, yeah. But in the end, you have to make the bad guy just really stupid, and then we'll be okay with you doing it. Right. right? Because if the bad guy is really like a genius or a supervillain or or really has his shit together, then that doesn't look so good for us. But if you can turn it around and make it all kind of silly, then fine, you can do it. I mean, I don't really think that happened, but it has has that that feeling to it where it was just like, (laughs) uh, all right, fine, you can do it, but... You know, whatever. When I the mean, government starts stepping in on Lionsgate right. productions, or you know, then we're it's, in a lot it's of trouble. Almost, it's almost sort of like if you had a similar thing, if you had some other movie where it seemed like there was all this bad stuff going on about the government, right? Right. But then at the end, it turned out to be an alien. Right. So that none of it is real, and none of it could be real. Yeah. Then <laughs> that would have a bad feeling, because you would you would think, oh, I thought we were saying all this, exposing <laughs> right, all this right. crap about the, the government. The but you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it just seems so silly. So, yeah. But for the first three quarters of the movie, I, I thought it was doing really well, actually. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's not the next greatest movie ever, but, uh-huh. like, but like you said, it's doing what it's trying to it, do. It is doing a hell of a job It's it. very clear. I was, when we were watching it, I was thinking of this. It's, it's very clear about the kind of movie that it wants to be and the story it's trying to tell. And that's not, it's not a perfect story and it's not a perfect attempt, but what it wants to do, it goes about doing 
dedicatedly. Like right. it really is serious about just staying on the course and doing this. And I thought when we were watching it right before it kind of crumbles, I was like, theoretically, you know, formulaically, Mark should love this film right. because it is literally doing what he feels like he needs to look at a film to grade it. And then when it faulted, man, it just, it just fell apart. But it, I love films like this, partially because, and, and I would speak for you a little, but I don't know how much you do like films like this. We've seen so many movies that when you go see a whodunit now, basically when you see as many films as we have and probably as many as the audience does on some level, you really just take a position of authority and you're like, well, I'm going to figure out who did it first because I've seen right. a lot of these. I know the tricks. Right. We were about five minutes into the film, and I start laughing. And you never asked me why. Right. And I looked. I looked over. You at did you look and I'm over like, at me because I. It was not a funny moment. There right. was no funny time. And and it, it had introduced Liam Neeson. We'd just seen the credits, and as everyone knows from the trailer, the scary situation is that people are on a plane and it's it's in danger. Um, so you got to get everybody on the plane. Like, we've got to go through a few minutes of people getting on. And this is the point of the film where, much like an Agatha Christie story, you, you give, like, a quick, like, a cliff note version of who people are. You get the Wall Street executive who's talking too loud about stocks, commodities, and right, his cocaine right. deal. The and anxious you've got mother. The, you've got the little kid. You get the cute kid who's either mother, really right. sweet and soft and, and, and sincere or is a brat and is going to be a disturbant. You know, right. you get the, the boyfriend and the girlfriend. You get these cliff notes. So we're seeing all these people get on the plane. And because this movie is what it is, and it, it was like right when we looked at the cop, yeah, it, and then you started laughing. <laughs> it, was, it was right. It was and right it, after the cop it, because it actually confused me. There were there, it, it was as if. Okay, wait. I'm starting. I'm going to say one sentence before I get ahead of it. The movie has to exist on a bunch of red herrings. It's got to consist for an hour and thirty minutes of throwing you all these clues that later will make sense, but are supposed to look you in the other direction. You're supposed right. to constantly be wondering, is it the captain? Is it the co-pilot? Is it the flight attendant? Is it this neighbor? Is it the kid? Is it this, who is it? Is it this guy who's being really obnoxious? Or right. is, is it, it the guy who's really mean looking? Or, or is, is it, it the Muslim who's secretly right. just sitting there? And one thing that I thought was kind of funny, but the movie did well, yeah. is that uh, the people responding to the increasing craziness of yeah. the situation that they're in, we're all responding in a way that you could think that people would respond and at the same time made them all look a little guilty. Yeah. Which right. is what you're trying to do. And and that it did that pretty well as it's, the it's as effective. the movie progressive. Because so. some people are obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. And and you think that could mean he's guilty. Right. Some people just sit there and won't move and won't make eye like, contact at all. It. And you go, that's, that that's could mean one. he's right. guilty. <laughs> when, when a movie is this effective, and it's often sometimes the ones, it doesn't have to be the usual suspects. You know, it can sometimes be nonstop. Right. It can be a really fun play to figure out, like, again, I've seen a hundred of these movies. I right. usually know, you know, and you usually know, and people who have know, it was the butler that did it, right. you know, and then it was really the gardener, who's right. really a girl. Who's who the butler's brother. <laughs> right, who grew up in an orphanage <laughs> right. that was burned down by, you know, anyway. So what I'm laughing about is everyone that gets on this plane, with the exception of the little girl, 
has their best mean villain face on because we want <laughs> their starting. I've right, never right. seen so many angry looking, suspicious right, people right. get on a plane before in my life. Everybody's angry about so something. So I'm laughing because I'm like, I'm already settling in to be like, all right, I'm going to play the game. We're going to find out who did what and I'm going to know an hour in and right. I get to say I figured it out. Right. But everybody's mean mugging. Right. And it's hilarious to me because I'm just cracking up because. That that was funny because to me. it's just weird, and it is funny. Like right about that part when you uh, when you were laughing, yeah, you get a shot of uh, you know all of the people who are at one point or another going to be suspicious mm-hmm. are all sitting really close. To yeah, each they are. Right. And we're, right. and we're just panning across them almost, right. you know, look, he looks mean. He, it's almost well, like they're sitting in their seats on the plane in a lineup. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, you're, exactly. and you're staring at them. And, and it's, and it's fun because the premise of the film really is like strangers on a train. It's you're in a, on a tight, inescapable compartment, right. basically train, plane, whatever. Right. And there's there's a killer there. Like there's things about to happen. So how do you you know how do you deal with all that stuff? And for me, when this thing's working well, it's you know it's basically like who is the bad guy? How are they doing this? Like how can you really do this on a flight? And and can we stay hooked on that notion? And I was hooked for a long time. Right. And over and, an hour. And the, of it. the real problem is um, where a lot of movies like this will go wrong and totally lose you. Right. Is is all that middle stuff where we have to have another piece of the puzzle and it has to still keep you hooked. Right. And a lot of times movies go wrong with those things. Right. And and by the you it's almost like you either get too much information Mm -hmm. or we try to sell something as being interesting that doesn't turn out to be that interesting right. or, you know, whatever it is. Well, but the middle steps in this one are, are really are good. Really good. It, it takes a risk in showing something that I thought I wouldn't like. And I wound up enjoying it, but I realized there was really no other way to do it, which is there's a lot of cell phone communication. Right. And it's like a, it's almost like the first, once the film settles and you start seeing people getting in danger and basically Liam Neeson is this air marshal um, in a post 9-11 world and he's flying from New York to, to London and he's got a killer who's threatening to, to kill people unless he gets $150 million every 20 minutes. Uh, excuse me, he's going to kill someone every 20 minutes unless he gets $150 million. Right, and then it's uh, in the trailer even you get like right. the big the big switch to that is that it's an account in his name. Right, and as he finds out it seems like he's being set up. Right. So as it as it progresses through I'm thinking to myself this is a really clever movie, despite uh, what I started to say was despite an aesthetic that took me a few minutes to get used to, which is it's a pop-up video, right. like the pop-up video things where you would watch I old videos. I actually liked that. I and, didn't like it for I one second. I didn't think I was going to like it either. I, did, um, I was the same way. I didn't like it for the first second, and I thought, oh, man, we're going to see a lot of this because this is how they have to communicate. Right. And then I really liked it. And, I really liked it. it actually worked It really serves well, the purpose right. well for – the movie's about an hour and 40 minutes long, give or take. And for about an hour and 15 or 20, I started to continually feel impressed, not just by that and the decisions. And I like Liam Neeson. You know, when he starts screaming at people, all I hear are, right. you know, qui Jin and Aslan and, you know, Raz al Ghul. He's just, he's the man. He can do whatever right. he wants. But but it was a clever film. Yeah. Like, it, in without ruining anything at this point still, even though we're starting to get out of time, um, 
the first person that dies is actually a very clever, sneaky way of doing it. Right. And and when that happened, I went, okay, maybe this is going to be one of these and films that's right under everyone's radar and is going to be very surprising at how it's handling this stuff. Because the subject matter, they've got all these balls in the air, and it seemed like they were really able to juggle them. Like, what's it like to travel in a post-9-11 world still, even right. though we're several years after it? What's it like for an air marshal who's got to think anytime he's looking at people, whether it's... And it plays on our own stereotypes. Like, there's clearly a very Muslim guy who sits down and is supposed to represent our fear of riding in an airplane with right. a Muslim. right. Even though and this then, Muslim may or also, may not be the nicest person in the world. And I'm right. not, because I can't talk too much about it because I don't want to tell you it wasn't the Muslim or right, that it exactly. is. And then also, what, what's interesting about that, because the whole aspect of having a Muslim on the plane could go <laughs> totally wrong. Absolutely. And be horrible, Shoot. right? Yep. And what is really pretty cool about it is not so much that you want the air marshal to suspect him. Right. But that as things heat up, all the other passengers are going to look at it. Right. And they do. And, and, and they and do and they do it well. They do it well. They don't Every do it. single character that's kind of a stereotype that's supposed to make you think about... I mean, again, you're not probably thinking about all this too deeply because you're going to see an action film. Right. But the, and, but the writers have set this up to be it, very intellectual. And it's holding on to you enough it that is. you don't just sit there and think about it, all the other things that it, you exactly. might if it was bad. And then, and then you'd start picking crap apart, right. and it would, be, it would turn awful because it's going to have goofy things. No matter yeah. what you do, you're like, you know, for, for me, one of the things that just because I – think too much about movies when I'm watching them yeah, and, okay. and I, I have to try and I have to try and uh, temper my judgment of the movie and go this is not how most people watch it and right. so it's going to be fine for them right? right but one of the things that almost kind of started to bug me was the fact that they couldn't get anywhere fast enough yeah because for whatever reason people might think this mm -hmm. for some reason, you know, when they, they're supposed to get to London in a certain amount of time. Right. And then when things go wrong, they go, well, we're still this far from London, right. which is how far they should be from London, right. which means that would have to mean that basically that planes are flying, are always flying absolutely as fast as they possibly could. Yeah. Which is not how they fly. No, it's not. And then they're this far from this place, and we could divert to Iceland, but it's that's still this far anyway, and right. all this stuff. And there's you know a bunch of things that go on with how people on the airline might handle certain situations. Where if this movie was boring and let you think about it, you right. would kind of go, "Wait a minute, shouldn't they just do this?" Or right. which is the problem with you know all suspense horror movies? Eventually, it, is that you go, "Why don't they why do don't this?" They and it's all a balancing act of how well the movie's holding you so that you're not paying attention to that stuff. You're just trying to figure out yeah. who done it. And this movie does that really well. It, it really let up and let yeah. you just sit there and think about stuff. It's true. And that and that state and that statement makes me feel a lot of um like it, one of the things about the film that was frustrating is that as clever and as fun as it seemed to be, and as engaging as it is with Liam Neeson and Julianne Moore, and, and all the extras are really good as well. I didn't think there was a bad cast in that. They, they rely too much on the who done it and how are they going to do it sometimes to just gloss over things. Like there's a point in the film 
where again, cell phones are the are the most important thing going on in the film because it's how the right. killer talks to Liam Neeson. And he eventually figures out that one of these people is uh, like a supercomputer scientist for cell phones, and he can help him try to figure out who's the bad guy. Except, and that's all well and good, and the guy does come through, and it's a really interesting, tense moment that leads to all these other questions, except 10 minutes later, when there's another cell phone problem, it never occurs to Liam Neeson to go back to the same guy. Right. To fix, like, this is a glaring, huge error, because he needs the information in this cell phone that's been damaged and they get bits and pieces of it, and we see in the pop-up video version of the cell phone screen, like it's all cracked and some things are blurred. Right, right. No one even considers going back to this guy, even if the right. guy just says, well, I mean, I can't fix that. I'm not, you know, I'm not Merlin. Right. But it just, it, again, lots of things like that. And I felt like, I felt like as interesting as the story was and as curious as the story is for an action film set in what it's doing, the writers outwrote themselves. They basically started doing right. what Lost did for me years ago on TV, which was, let's just throw weird stuff out and right. see if it sticks. And if it makes you uh, look over let's here, just, it's a lot of misdirection. Yeah. Let's just throw random crazy for a while. Because right. we and have then, enough red herrings, but let's throw some more. And, and, then, just, and then ultimately, not pay off any of them. We never have to talk about them again. Right. Because we've got the new crazy shiny that you're looking at right. next right. week. And it never has to come together. When it works. Like for me, Lost. And it, here, you know, here's where the movie does a better job, at least, than Lost. Right. If you watch all of Lost or if you watched it all when it was on TV yeah. and you stayed with it through the whole show, now you go get the DVDs and start right, and watch watching it, it yeah. again, you are going to find out that you're in love with a really stupid show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to so, go, go through all the crap that never went anywhere. Right. Right. My big, my big comparison to how I felt when the film fell apart and when the film does fall apart it becomes so uninteresting, so boring, so cliche, and so almost like it's almost insulting. If the film was anything other than supposed to be like a mindless action film, which it doesn't pretend that it isn't, right? this would be more bothersome. But it reminded me of when we saw Now You See Me. Because Now You See Me had a really fun premise, really amazing characters, really exciting, tense stuff, and everything one-upped itself. Until the end, and then I realized, as you did, that this is impossible because these guys would have to be God to pull this off. Right. That, this isn't the same thing, but it worked so well. It's All it had to do in that same realm, though. It gave me that same feeling when when the reveal comes, and then it all like basically you have to resolve the film because you're running out of time. Right. I just felt like, wow, you guys had no clue how to fix this, and you had me. You had it really there. It was right. doing really well, and I thought even it. Even at best, it would have been better served if it hadn't tried to throw more balls in the air. Like, just work right. on the biases that, and the fears and the presumptions that people still have flying and traveling today. Go with the six or seven people you think might be dangerous and, and don't interrupt that. Like, really, right. that's the character stuff that has to work there. But now you've done all these other things, and in doing so, you dropped all the balls and you lost me. Right. Like, that was really and, frustrating. And, and that's why... I don't even think I even said this yet. I broke our own rule. Like I, I basically give this film a five. Like oh it, my it god, was, you never did. It was it was at it was at like a seven and almost getting to an eight for me. Right. And and at about an hour in, I'm like, man, this is going to be really fun if they can just finish it. And then when it fell apart, this is one of these things where it really just knocked it down several several levels. Right. It's it's 
it was really frustrating because I was having so much fun with it. Right. And it, and it was, like you said, uh, comparing it to Now You See Me, you know, Now You See Me takes something and makes, a, you know, turns a really clever spin mm-hmm. on a, a lot of things. And then in the end, you somehow get to this place where uh, if you're a good enough magician, you join a group that will actually teach you magic right. like real like, like real like sorcery. now we're really magical yeah. right not sleight of hand and, but... and you're going what the hell and then even earlier on uh there are some points in that movie where you're going there there actually is no way to do that right other than like the right. girls floating in the bubble and yeah stuff, yeah yeah, and yeah right like, they're already doing actual magic right like not we're not it's not a trick yeah right anyway and in this movie they had this whole really clever spin that they were doing and they were uh dealing with suspense and like you said you know the first person who gets killed that's like a really clever move it was amazingly unexpected and then uh and even the fact that that leads to other stuff later mm-hmm. when we're you know learning more about what's going on and it was all tied together really well and then at the end they just kind of were like i don't know we have to end and yeah and let's throw this out and and i really hate it you know for me it's weird because it does fall apart, and it it really loses your interest really fast. But for me, you know, I have a villain thing anyway. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I want a villain that makes some sense. Right. And this is just like you know, let's throw out the goofiest villain. And you know, one of the things that really killed this movie for me, and it's really weird for like one line to to like really kill a movie. Yeah. But towards the end of this, and you know, this doesn't actually spoil anything anyway. But that the villain says, you know how easy this was? Right. Yeah. And my answer is none. This was none yeah. easy. Are you kidding right. me? Like, this, yeah. you know, if you're trying to make, if your statement is supposed to be, look how easy this is, then right. you have to do something that's easy. This is, you right. know, first of all, clearly, like, months of preparation. Right. <clears throat> finding out a whole bunch of crap about air marshals that, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just find out. I mean... Let alone that, you have to be a deity. You have to know where everyone in the seat is looking at the right moment for you to do right, what you right. need to do because there's some very complicated things that have to be pulled. Right. There's and unless you're God, you, no you don't get it. Yeah. Right. There's lots of stuff that's too hard. Then you have to, you know, coordinate this stuff like... If this guy is some crazy evil genius, you know, with like a 300 IQ, and that's the only reason he can pull off balancing all this stuff in the air at one time, and then he goes, you know how easy this was? Right. And somebody else is going to come along, and we're not safe. You know, whatever crazy thing it is that he's trying to point he's trying to make. But when he said that, my initial reaction was, (laughs) I mean, you have to like, you have to turn people you have to get people set up to do bad things long before this plane takes off yeah you know i mean if he'd have done something actually easy right he would have earned that 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 would be something else but you know anyway i mean then it's it's sort of just like your your crazy person your villain yeah is just insane right and that's just not that interesting right i mean that's not that that just doesn't have the same sort of pull. But, you know, one other thing, and then we'll play these uh, clips real quick before we're done. We should play these a long time ago so we can talk about them. But, Too much Oscar uh, talk. You know, the other thing that I, I wanted to say, because you mentioned the guy with the cell phones, yeah. who, you know, the bad guy is obviously using a cell phone and sending these texts and everything. So if we could find the cell phone, 
And right. that part I really didn't like either Yeah. because they come up with this weird plan of how we can find a cell phone, yeah. right? And really we come up with this weird way of finding a cell phone because the people who make this movie don't want to tell everyone in America the things we could actually do with your cell phone. Right. Because right. if this movie really – this movie is actually partially based on the premise of not being able to find someone with a cell phone on a plane. Right. Or not being able to find who sent this text because right. we're on a plane. And unfortunately, or fortunately, or however you want to look at it, right. it would actually not be that hard. So because we are basing it on that, then we have to come up with this computer guy and this right. kooky thing that he's going to do in order to find it. And that really kind of spoiled things a little bit for me. If we would just stick with we can't find his cell phone, right. that would have even well, actually even, been better. Even, even they say, like, if we send this, if you send a picture file, no matter what, it will make his phone or her phone beep, and that way you'll know who it is. I, right. I, I got a mute button on my iPhone. If you send me a text, it doesn't do anything. Right, but it but it's got a virus. But it's got a super secret he, it, thing. It's, yeah. it's got I a mean, come on. super secret program that he wrote to make he, it do stuff, right? Yeah. Do we have time for? I don't think we even have time for a clip. Yeah, we we probably don't. Well, we'll we'll, then, we'll just go over a little bit and play the clips for the. Unless you don't want to go. No, over no, no. I don't, I don't mind that. going over. Uh, okay, so this uh, we'll just play these and we'll talk about them a little bit, but they're a little long, so we're gonna go over live time. So we should say bye now. So we could say tooted next week. <laughs> yeah, and goodbye, thanks, whatever. Then. But uh, we won't just play it all together. But we'll play the Liam Neeson one. It's a little shorter, and uh, it, it's got some. And and for anyone that's interested, because I will say this, sorry that we don't tack it onto the live show, but I think. Once we go over, there's going to be some spoilers because I I will say sure look, we can we can now now that the, spoilers, now that the show right. is done you've gotten to the end like this is who did it this is why it was stupid like <laughs> sure okay I, I guess so yeah if you don't want spoilers <laughs> bye bye we'll let you know <laughs> yeah. that we're about to ruin everything yeah you know actually I will say before we even start the since we're going over anyway and so this will be like the non-spoilery, like, last little note. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I didn't like about the movie, and like you said, we're always trying to figure it out, it, it would be a massive spoiler just for me to say how fast I knew who did it. Yeah. It, it would totally ruin everything. Yeah. Because cause I knew who did it just because of who the actor who they was. were, right. And this is like and it all happens very And I can fast. say this quick too before we go before and we I go. And I hate over. that. We've said this before on the show, but we've said it in in person too. There was a time period years ago where if Alan Arkin was in a movie, right, he did. Uh, it was done. He was the bad guy. <laughs> right. And I didn't care what role he was. He didn't have to be the president. He could be the assistant to the director of It's Alan Arkin, right? You know, and and if you see certain people in certain roles, you're just like pfft. Great. Right. Now the movie's over. Now I just got to get to watch him run around and shoot stuff. Like, right. and, and like you, you know, again, I saw that person and I was like, oh, well, right. that. Right. They're not unless, hiding it. Unless even. what would have been great would have been if they had cast the film with everybody who That's does what that. they should have Like an Alan yeah, Arkin right. and all these other people that had come in and I'd have been like, this is the greatest supervillain plane of right. all time. And you know what would have been great is if they would have uh, kind of slowly release that you yeah know? because right. like for example we don't see the pilot for a long time right so you go through the movie for a long time and then the pilot all of a sudden we need the pilot and alan right. arkin walks i would have been you go I oh been, my god i would have been he's it this is great <laughs> yeah 
So anyway, that would be cool. Okay, so now the uh, the show's got like a minute left, and we're gonna play these clips. So it's clearly gonna end. Well, wait, I'm gonna interrupt you. We gotta kill time because in a few minutes we're gonna be playing a clip, and then we're gonna get the blog talk. You've got ten seconds. Isn't that's that gonna, gonna, that's gonna happen. In nah, all right. So you do what yeah, you want. well, we'll waste forty four seconds. Then okay. And, and let the. <laughs> Let the live show end. I don't know what we're going to see next week fully. Uh, oh, yeah, we do. Uh, next week is uh, something. Really is it good. 300? The Rise of the Pompeii 300 3D? I don't know. Is that what it is? Something good is next week. Hold on. I actually could not remember. Uh, I don't um, even have my phone. So <laughs> I don't even have my phone on. You I'd be... have to look at We're just a completely wasting time in the most nonsensical way. But I know that something really cool that I'm looking for. By the time you find out. it, we'll be done. Yeah, ten seconds. There, All right, there goes. Thanks, there goes everybody. Your, your ten seconds, but yeah. uh, now I want to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's three hundred. I guess is the big. Movie. What about the Grand I, Budapest? I thought there was something else, but yeah, I want to see the Grand so Budapest Hotel, but no one else is going to go see it. So well, we'll I'm just be talking it. to ourselves on the show. That's okay. Uh, but now we're over time, so let's okay. Here let's, we go. Uh, play the the clips. Oh, I think it'll push the suspense big time. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's an element to the film that's like a an old-fashioned whodunit. It must be him, or maybe it's her. Oh no, I think it's this guy here. You know, we we do have a couple of shady individuals on board this flight, packed flight, and and there is a guessing game for for a large portion of the film where you think, hmm, I wonder who the bad guy is. It's a brave film in lots of ways because there's 97% of it is filmed uh, on board an airplane. Uh, it was, of course, a set uh, built here in New York, and um, uh, we shot the film over two months. And every day we were we were with the same extras who were playing with the passengers, and we were on the same set. And it was a real challenge for the filmmakers and uh, the director of photography to, to given just that one set, that uh, you have to make it interesting for an audience over a course of an hour and 40 minutes. He's very, very knowledgeable about the craft of filmmaking. Uh, his knowledge of cameras is... is superb and what they're capable of uh, and he's always pushing the edge of the envelope well, technically as to what he can do uh, and then when it comes to the actors he's he's uh, he will if you're doing a scene he will always give you a little note that's sort of left a field just something you would never as an actor would have thought about maybe as regards the interpretation of a line or the interpretation of a, your attitude to another character. He's very, very perceptive that way. That was actually uh, one part of the end there that I didn't even realize was attached to that same clip when yeah. he's uh, talking about the director. But, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive if Liam Neeson says he'll give you some notes on what to do that you never thought of before. Right. And you're going, really? Because you're Liam Neeson. You <laughs> right. Never, yeah. you know, you're not like uh, Babe in the acting <laughs> right. woods or whatever, right? Right. Um, you know, I think that as, as kind of boring and generic as, as that clip actually is, I think that it, it is kind of telling that he 
bothers to talk about the set itself because you don't really think about it, even though you can't help but think about it because they're just in a plane the whole time. Right. But, you know, if you really think about it, the fact that, that this movie can do all the things that it does so well, even when it has things to look back at and build off of, like Strangers on a Train and, right. and similar movies and stuff, it's, it's so impressive and you don't realize how how just like counter to all movie theory it is yeah. to just be looking at the inside of this airplane for this whole time, no matter what you do. Right. It's like, it's just going to get boring and uh, you know, you're not going to be interested in what's going on right? unless you are really doing everything else so well. Yeah. And the fact that this movie kind of holds on to you so much and, you know, like you were saying, like, I'm ending up with a higher rating than you. And I think partially based on the fact that what it does so well for so long yeah. is really so impressive. And I went into this movie, it, you know, I might have gone into this movie with lower expectations than you. And that could have something to do with have... it. But I thought this was going to be dangerously close to like snakes on a plane. Or I, thought, I thought this was going to be a bad misstep in a very stupid movie. I thought it was basically trying to capitalize okay, on the success. Okay, so not much of a I didn't, I didn't have much. Uh, and that's why I was so impressed and blown away with, with how clever and interesting and stylistic. Right. Like and the, the, the cell phone stuff is very stylistic, and I really liked it. Like I said, for 30 seconds, I'm like, man, I can't take this. Right. And then I was like, no, wait, and this yet, is the way to do, do it. it really this well. is the way to do it. But I, I thought it was just an attempt to try to cash in on the stuff and that he wants to keep working. Not that he's in any danger of and not working. kind of action. But basically ride his taken coattails. He's, he's liking you know? this action yeah. thing. And Which is interesting because he, he basically he started off as a serious actor. And, and he still <laughs> is. No, no, he still is certainly a serious actor. But he's found, I think, more success in being the aged veteran action star now. Right. And I, I love Taken. Like, and, you know, and I if think, it had been like that. I but, think it's a strange thing where a character actor star wherever you are right yeah <clears throat> where when you find out because you try lots of different things yeah and then all of a sudden you know he's like in star wars yeah and he goes i don't know that that was pretty cool and then he gets a thing where somebody goes hey how about this taken thing right and then he does like some screen tests and shoots some scenes and it turns out that he fits in that role yeah, really like, well and, and you're well. like going huh right didn't know that you could have been doing these for decades work out yeah. for so long yeah. well for me one thing i forgot to say initially is that these films are ones that i really love i love a whodunit you know and i love right. the i love the collected cast of we're all guilty like which one really is it and that ranges from even like weird ones of like John Cusack's Identity, which was a strange hotel oh, version I of hated it. That movie. I had fun with it, until it until it did what this one did, <laughs> right, which just exactly. fell apart. But you know, you get great ones like Strangers on a Train or Ten Little Indians or things like that. I love them, but I almost always loathe a film that is a thriller that's on an airplane. Right. Like you do airplane like Leslie Nielsen's airplane and I watch that all day. You do something like Flight Plan and I'm trying to right. dig my eyes out because it's so frustrating and stupid because they don't they love the premise, but they don't get it. But and right. it's really they, hard they to do. They don't know how to do it. Yeah. And and I thought this was going to be another one. You know, they they the trailers and all the things have him shooting people and the the promo 
Right. This poster is, another, is him this is jumping in a trailer with gun. that is it's a little so bit. far off. But I'm like, you don't shoot guns on airplanes. <laughs> you just don't do it. Like, and there's a lot of gunplay on airplane. Great. Then it must always be taxied, you right. know. And so I just was very low in my expectation, not because of Liam Neeson and not because of the cast, but just because films on planes don't work. Right. Not like that. And you know, another thing that is. Uh, really interesting about this movie because uh, you know you're stuck on the plane you only have so many options of what to right. do you have to get people into this character yeah. and into some of the other characters but, right but you know we have to get behind him as yeah. an audience and you've only got so many options right? right what can he do he's on a plane right and when he's going through uh security and he's got his little tiny piece of uh, duct tape, right? And then he goes into the bathroom, right? And you find out that he's an air marshal and everything, even though you know they tell you that, right, in the trailer or whatever. And he goes and like duct tapes the the thing smoke and sensor in the yeah. thing. That's actually really good stuff. Yeah, for you know really looking at what you have and saying how can we exploit our limitations to actually try and get some stuff done right. and making something work right. and you know it's really impressive all right let's uh check out this other one before we go on all forever right. and this is uh the both of them and this is a junket interview that uh you know technically has nothing to do with me it's not like it's me right. interviewing them right but talk about why is it an airplane the perfect setting for a thriller it is, isn't it? Because everybody's locked in together. Right. You're 30,000 feet up in the air. And we can all relate to that. Everybody yeah. in the world. Because everybody in the world seems to fly nowadays, you know? Yeah, I think in, in, in the movies where you think, like, well, why did they just leave the house? Or why don't they call the, you know, call the police? Or yeah. in, this, in this instance, no one can do anything. You're, it's a completely controlled yeah. environment. Yeah. So I think it, it, it ups the ante a little bit. And I think the film just so perfectly plays on all our fears. Mm -hmm. It does. How, how yeah. does it do that? Well, for, for a start, unless you're a physicist, how does that big chunk of metal get up in the air? That's right. Okay, I, I kind of know the physics of that. Yeah. How does it stay up there? I don't know. And I went to university. I studied physics. <laughs> I did a little bit of mathematics. I still can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. Wow. And we all know that intuitively. It's like, why is this thing staying up there? So we immediately have a little fear there, you know, yeah. when you step on that airplane. And the idea, too, that everyone, every person is a mystery, that you really don't know who anyone is or what they're capable of or what their story is. Mm -hmm. So you have this group of people in a, in a controlled environment and no information. I think it's kind of a great setup for a mm -hmm. thriller. That, absolutely. And I was just amazed, like, how does Bill figure out who he can trust? doesn't really. That's the thing. And he's, he's as guilty of, of suspicion as anybody else, you know? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about shooting these action sequences. I mean, there's so much action in this very confined... Do you think... I don't think there's a lot, which, which partly drew me to the, the project. There's very, very little CGI. There's very little action. There's a little bit at the end. But mm -hmm. up until now it's, it's all just, it's character suspense, yeah. Suspense. Who is it? Who done it? Mm -hmm. Who's suspicious? And everybody's suspicious. Everybody is. Yeah. 
But now, what was his method for unraveling the plan? I mean, he kept it together when everyone was against him, when everybody suspected him. And given his challenges and his baggage, how was he able to keep that focus? It's, um, you know, it's an interesting thing on our travels, promoting the film, just this idea of what makes a hero, what makes a, what makes somebody suddenly, they don't plan it, but yeah. they stand out from the crowd and they do something. Not for their own glory, not for their own ego, but because they just do. And I still find that fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you both so much. All right, that's it. And, you know, I think that the interesting thing that uh, comes out of there for me, apart from the fact that Liam Neeson... Uh, right, is mystified aw awesomely, by yeah. awesomely doesn't like it is awesome. doing interviews and yeah, <laughs> right, and and has his own sort of fun with it. But um, you know, when Julianne Moore is talking about how, uh, you know, you get on a plane and you don't know anyone, yeah. and it's a little, it's a little weird, yeah, it, it, it's a little freaky, right. and then. As soon as, and then it's almost like at first it's kind of like getting on a bus, and yeah. and you're just like, eh, whatever, we're on a bus. Right. Sure, I don't know anyone, but whatever. Or you, or you get on like the subway or whatever. Right. And as soon as like anything goes wrong, right? Who are all you people? Right. Now I want right. to know everything about and, everyone. And, and it's interesting because it's always about travel. Because when you're in a restaurant and you don't know anybody that's around you, if something goes wrong, no one has that same feeling. No one cares. But it's always right. in. A car, uh, not a car, but right. a bus or a, a subway or a plane. So. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, it is actually, it, it, they work with that in the movie yeah, in, yeah. In, in, a, in a really good way. One of the best scenes of the film is when he suspects, as he eventually does, he comes around to basically suspecting everybody, everyone is except the little kid, which is, you know, that's okay. Right. But I was like, if the kid did it, man, this is insane. Because <laughs> if it was that doll that she dropped and that's that, the that bomb, like, awesome, wow. Yeah. If it was like a hidden phone in that, I'm like, man, this is the craziest kid ever. But when he comes to suspect her and he questions her for 60 seconds with his 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 expertise in his his just like mind that's going and he says it could be you because you did this you never said this you look right. like this you didn't even answer this right. and and it all is like yeah because at one point right before that i remember thinking julianne moore got paid a lot of money to be in this very tiny supporting role right she's exactly. got to be it so you know so, i'm right. thinking she could you know because right. i'm thinking doubles out. i'm trying to think like outside of the obvious box now right. and i'm like she could be it and then she immediately just like disarms it. Like, this is who I am. This is why I did it. And he goes, right. oh, right, sorry. And, and, and he does that with everybody that he kind of comes to, which is really interesting, which, which ultimately, okay, here's the big spoiler part for me, and I'm going to give the film sure, away. good. The thing that was really frustrating for me isn't that the movie is basically playing on our fears about a post-9-11 world. It, it, it isn't that the villain is... Um, like a victim of 9-11, basically this guy whose family, his, his dad died in 9-11, and he became so angry about the process, he wanted to fight, he joined the military, he became dissuaded and disappointed with all the wars we were fighting, so he recruited another soldier who really just wants to make a big payday and make a statement. Right. You know, it, it's not about the sanctity and the sacred topic of 9-11. That, sooner or later, we're going to have to include that in films that aren't you know, super pseudo documentaries. Right, right. It's that it's just so haphazardly done and like carelessly thrown in. And I don't believe his motivation. Right. And it's also 
James Bond is tied to a table. I'm going to give you my master plan feel, right. except it's not delivered that well. And it's not because the actor is bad. It's because the moment they choose to do it, there's no real build-up to it, and there's no real emotion to the scene. It's just, well, you need it, so here it is. Right. And it's, it's insulting. It's frustrating it, because it's been it is, so clever yeah. and smart and sneaky and, and it, coy and And all of a sudden it almost goes like And now silly. it's like, it and does, it, and it's, it's almost practically like... random. It's so weird. I was just going to say, if you had a spin wheel and you're like, right. personal vendetta, 9-11 victim, I'd be like, my odds are not on that one. Because right. it doesn't make sense to the stuff that happens. But it, it is a disappointment, and it's not... Again, I know some people, because um, I looked briefly online this morning and I saw a few people and I think they were taking the more patriotic route, which is you can't talk about that. Don't even use that. Like, how dare you? Okay. I get that. But eventually, you know, we've got films about Pearl Harbor and about Vietnam. I mean, these things are going to come to pass, but just do it a lot better than this, especially if you've shown the aptitude to do it well ahead of this. Like, man, this was so smart and clever and fun. Right. And now you, I don't know who and left then, the room and typed uh, this into your exactly. screenplay, but it looks like your it, four-year-old. It really, it and really what, seems like, I said at the beginning, it really seems like somebody made the first three quarters of this movie it, yeah. and then said, well, I'm the build suspense guy, so <laughs> yeah, you're the here, give this to somebody else yeah. and let, let them make it all make sense together and, yeah. and bring it all home and come up with your reason for stuff. And it just really feels like somebody else wrote the yeah. end because nothing that happens is as smart and clever as everything else. Yeah. It's not even that it's just like the big reveal, I don't like why he did that. It's right. like every, everything that happens at the end yeah. is not as well thought out and is not right. as as well put together as everything else before that led there. This- and and you know the the thing that's ugly about it in a way for me is if the reason we were doing this was actually just about the money right it would have been better than this right and that is bad right i mean that's, that's a not bad enough, thing right? and it still would have been better, better than what that, this is yeah. or you know if he really did have some personal vendetta against him yeah or he at least had some personal vendetta against the other air marshal guy, right? And right. you just happen to be you're on the, the bad partner, wrong, you're on the wrong right? flight, yeah. Something like that. Other than this, you know, just re- it doesn't even make sense in the end because all you all you really have to do is blow up the plane to prove right. that they're right. not safe. That's a great. You moment. don't have right. to have the air marshal suspected. There's right. nothing about one air marshal turning bad and hijacking a plane right that makes us any less safe right than just a plane getting blown, blown up. up right so in fact it, more, it, it more doesn't even make right. sense right i mean and and even even the level of aptitude that they want you to believe this guy has put into knowing about marks which is liam neeson's character like his daughter's name what happened to him that he's a that he's an alcoholic he comes real close to not getting on the plane right so right, he must right. know 30 other marshals dossiers like Right, clockwork. But yeah, so many things that just stumbled in the end, and I really was enjoying the hell out of the film. I mean, seven and a half, eight. I was really thinking by the time he kills, again, we're in spoiler territory, so sorry, but by the time he kills the first person on the plane, which is the other air marshal, 
And that's what the villain wanted all along. Like I'm thinking, he said this it, is he smart. Said it, he set it all up yeah. so that he would kill the that other he air killed marshal. the first one. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a good time. Right. But the way that it ended, man, it just toppled. It right. Just, and I was, and, and, then I, and then I was like, well, this is an average film. Like it, it's got it problems. Even, but it even it's, builds it's okay. up from there too in a great way, where he, you know, then the villain guy gets to say, who knows who you'll kill next? Right. Right. And you're exactly. Like, Whoa. Like <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not in control. He yeah. is actually going to like yeah. set you up somehow to kill other people, right. and then that's a whole new ball game, right? Right. Not, but even because and, because they wonder and they wonder in the trailer, mm-hmm. and, and they obviously wonder at the beginning, how can you kill people on a plane and get right. away with it? Right. How, I mean, yeah. And that's and even the, even the stuff that are the red herrings, I thought were all fun. Even when I was sure I knew who it was and I knew that you're going to get the first bad guy you look at isn't going to be the bad guy, right? You know, it's somebody else, but from the start where you see the flight attendant and she's kind of like, like movies have, I, I meant to say this on the live show, movies have social cues and we all know, cause we see enough of them. Um, if the camera lingers a quarter to a half second on somebody longer than it needs to after something dramatic, you know, they're the bad guy right? or that they're implicated. And it does that with everyone, like the flight attendant. And when she comes to ask the captain and the co- co-pilot if they need anything and the co-pilot lingers on her, right? like, I'm like, okay, conspiracy. You need to have the plane and, hijacked. You and, need these people. And that was, that was a good part in the movie. And it, it does so movie. well to even make the co-pilot seem like the bad guy because, or in on it because when there's a locked pilot in a co-pilot in a room and no one else is in and then the pilot dies, you're pretty much sure that the co-pilot did something. Right. So, and, and it, it throws something at you for everyone. It does. And it throws crazy things into the situation for every conspiracy. Even when you have, uh, you know, there's, there's a new flight attendant who wasn't really supposed right. to be there, but right. somebody called in sick, and yep. so we had to get this other flight attendant right. to take her place Thank really God quick. she could do it. we don't know her very well right. and all that stuff. Right. So it's got like every yeah. freaking angle in the yep. world. I was expecting at one point that they were going to have a whole other thing happen where we start looking in the like baggage area so, like, under I the plane, yeah, yeah. where it was like, now we've got, you know, someone somehow is in the baggage or, right. you know, because right. because something is happening everywhere. Right. And that was one thing that strangely I thought in the, it was it was 45 seconds that missed the film that, again, was like what I was complaining about earlier with the cell phone. If you've checked the cabin and there's no one around, you've got to check the baggage. You've got to check something You've got to go downstairs. Right. You've got to see if somebody is texting you there, you right. know? And if in that time period something else happens, you've got to go well, upstairs. And, but that he didn't even consider it is a mistake. Right. Like, that's just a and, problem. And, you know, there's another thing. This is, I, I think, a testament to how good the movie is doing the good stuff that it does. Because right. there was even a point when I was watching the movie where I was like, I know who did it. Right. And for a long time, I was like, I am, like, 90% sure mm-hmm. that I know exactly what's going to happen. Right. And even still, there was a point where they were doing crazy stuff and, and things are building up and you find out that this is a way more complex scheme than you thought in the first place. And right. I was like, what if he's not even on the plane at all? What if the guy <laughs> yeah. who's texting him is not even on the plane? Right. And, right. And I'm like, and it could do that because sure. it was doing everything. everything. Yeah. And it was so, and, and that's really cool. Yeah. You know, and then and then it just all falls it, apart. As a film that I think a person is going to talk about weeks later, this isn't it. Right. As a film where you're going out on a date night or you just want to have fun, 
this is a good time. Right. Like, strangely, even though we are disappointed with the end, 20 minutes out of an hour and 40 is not... It's not too surprising. It's disappointing. But it's still really and, fun to watch. Yeah, it really is. And you know what? A lot of people will not care they really about won't. the ending. They the really won't. They're not as will. cerebral they, about it. They yeah. will They will yeah. be just fine. Yeah. And they will say, and that's okay. ah, come on, you're, right. you're thinking too much about it. So I think for yep. you know, most people yeah. trying to figure out, do I want to go see this movie, especially people who maybe are watching the trailer thinking, ah, yeah. oh, that doesn't look that good. Right. Right, I think you know my recommendation is really be sure because yeah. it's a lot better than you think it's right. going to be. I so. agree. So, all right. So, thanks for uh, sticking with us for the whole time and uh, wasting an hour and a half of your day <laughs> yeah. with us. And uh, we will be back next week. We're going to uh, definitely do three hundred, and we might have like a bonus. Yeah, like we might try and get to uh, Grand Budapest be Hotel great. or something yeah. something else. Actually there's several things. There's a lot of things popping up next, next week, week yeah. which is just fantastic. Right? Yeah. Um but yeah, three hundred is gonna be the big thing and uh share and subscribe and tell all your friends and all that good stuff. And <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minion! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.